0: okay good morning friends it's my honor to read the word for us this morning join me in john 13 verses 31 through 38 when he had gone out jesus said now is the son of man now is the son of man glorified and god is glorified in him if god is glorified in him god will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once little children Yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going you cannot come. A commandment I give to you that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By all this, people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. Simon.
1: Thank you, Dave we pray. Father, thank you for this beautiful morning, for friends, uh, just the joy it is to be together. I pray that you would help us this morning as we look to you. I pray that you would open up our hearts, our minds, our eyes, our ears, our, our spirits to receive from you this morning. Holy Spirit, would you be our teacher? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. My name is Simon, by the way, if we've not met. I'm uh, the lead pastor here, just one of several leaders. We're here to serve our church. Thank you for being here this morning. Um, if you're just jumping in, we're halfway through the book of John. Um, we, we've, we've been doing a sermon series, as, as we call it. This is what churches do. We have sermon series. Um, we've been working through the entire book of John. It's a, it's a pretty big book. It takes up a, a fair size of the, the New Testament. Um, it's one of the f- four, what we call gospels, the accounts of Jesus, his life, his teachings, um, the miracles, his death, his resurrection. Um, it's the story of Jesus and John was one of his disciples who spent, who spent time, face time with Jesus, getting to know him, walking with him as a church We've been working through this book of John not just to get sort of ancient information about him but to actually join in walking with him. We have been attempting to walk with Jesus and that's what we're doing this morning. Um, We're gonna look at just a little snapshot of this moment in the upper room. Uh, The next few chapters are what we call the upper room discourse. So Jesus with his disciples in this upper room on the eve of his crucifixion having a a private, intimate meeting with his friends. Um, We're told that Judas has just left the room. Verse 31 starts out by saying when he had gone out, Jesus says, so not when Jesus went out, but when Judas, the one who had it in his heart to betray Jesus, finally left the room to go do what he was gonna do, Jesus turns to his remaining disciples and he begins this, um, really, sharing his heart with his friends. Uh, if you've not sort of gathered by now, the writer John, who's recorded all of these words and events, he, he's not trying to create this sort of like, um, like a systematic kind of theology. I mean, there is that there, but this is, it's, this, it's much messier than that. In fact, it's very difficult to create like a systematic theology out of John because he's just all over the place. And it's one of the things that I love about this particular gospel author. You're getting if, what feels more like real heart, this sort of mess, these messy moments strung together. And so as we're working through this moment, in the, the, upper, the upper room discourse, you're gonna find like there's a lot of overlap and it's almost like these ideas are jumping around. I think it's as if you were actually in the room. This is not a theology lecture, as it were. This is Jesus just pouring out his heart only hours before he would be betrayed, arrested, falsely accused, and ultimately sentenced to death on a Roman cross. So this is where we're at, this is the moment, this is the setting that we're, we're stepping into this morning. Judas has just left, he's gone out and the end is nigh. Jesus is getting close to the point where he will go out himself, take his disciples to the garden across the Kidron Valley where Judas will have brought some soldiers with him to arrest Jesus. Jesus says in verse 33, where I'm going, you cannot come. Where I'm going, you cannot come. It's the same thing that he said to the Jews in chapter eight. In fact, he says it explicitly. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I say also to you, where I am going, you cannot come. When he said this to um, his fellow Jews, This was in a contentious moment where he's sort of going back and forth and he's arguing with the religious experts, the teachers of the law, the scribes and the Pharisees, and there's this great controversy arising about who he truly is. Jesus is making some very bold claims about his identity. And he's stirring up the controversy. So in John chapter eight, when he tells his Jewish opponents that where I'm going, you cannot come, he adds to that, And says, and where I'm going, you cannot come, and you will die in your sins. You have no idea where I've come from. You don't know where I'm going. I'm making a way so that those who believe in me can come, ultimately come, and be where I am. But because you refuse to believe, you're going to die in your sins. You will never come home. It's heavy. It's heavy. It's heavy. Where I'm going, you cannot come. Where I'm going, not I don't want you to come. Where I'm going, not um, I'd like you to come if you have it in you. No, where I'm going, you cannot come because Jesus is going to do something that we cannot do for ourselves. This kind of reminds us of something fundamental about the story who Jesus is, what he's come to do. Um, He's not come to just give us some spiritual life hacks, tips and tricks on how to be better people. No, he's come to go someplace we cannot because we've been cut off from our, our maker, our Heavenly Father. Jesus is going where we cannot yet, yet going before us to make a way. Elsewhere he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you in my father's house. Get ready, I'm not leaving you. I promise I'm not abandoning you. I'm going to do something for you, something that you cannot. So trust me, believe in me. I'm going where you cannot and then he, he connects a couple of thoughts here, and this is John. And this is where it gets all discombobulated and messy. He begins to like intersect these different thoughts. Where I'm going, you cannot come, and then seamlessly he adds a new commandment. A new commandment I'm giving to you, that you love one another just as I've loved you. You are also to love One another. In fact, by this, by your love for one another, people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. A new commandment. It doesn't sound super new. (laughs) I remember the first time I came across that when I was like a brand new Christian. I'm like, man, I'm reading the Bible as if it's like, I'm reading it for the first time. Even though I grew up in church, and I've heard all, I'd heard all the stories, but now I'm like, and I'm walking with Jesus. And you get to the part where he says, now listen, it's in the upper room, it's an intense moment, it's intimate. Something, you know, his death is imminent. And I kind of picture it in my mind, he's gathered his men around like, and he, he lowers his voice, and they all lean in. Now listen to me, I've got a new, commandment new commandment is someone someone writing this down is someone recording this john's feverishly writing it all down okay what is it jesus love one another just as i've loved you you are to love one another I love Peter's response. Yet where are you going again? And why can I not come? (laughs) Classic. Classic. How quickly do we skip over love? Because it does kind of sound like, I mean to be fair, he's talking to uh, devout Jews, his disciples, love one another this is is like deuteronomy 6 a little bit of leviticus 19 it's the shema love the lord your god with all your heart mind soul and strength it's the greatest commandment jesus has already said this elsewhere oh and then love your neighbors as yourself it doesn't sound super new except for the uh the little bit where he adds as i have loved you Now at this stage in the story, the disciples clearly still have no idea what this sort of, this way that Jesus is about to love them. Oh, he's washed their feet. That was scandalous. But what is about to happen next, they have no category for. He's gonna lay his life down for his disciples. He's going to die for his friends. Um, the Apostle Paul, he writes in his letter to the Romans, this is Romans chapter 5, he said that it's, some people will scarcely die for a righteous person, others may be for a good person, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, in our weakness, Christ died for us this is another kind of love it's a it is truly a new kind of love this is a new commandment and how quickly do we skip over love i i you can tell by the way peter goes on to say lord what do you mean i can't come with you i'll die for you so he is listening He's listening. He's thinking like, I, I, no, I get it. I get it. Just as you have sacrificed and served us, I, I will love you that way. I will, I will die for you. Of course, if, you, if you've read the story, spoiler alert, he doesn't. He tries and he fails. But he thinks he gets it. I think he thinks he gets it. Jesus, I do love you. I'll lay down my life for you, but where are you going? And why can't we come? I remember sitting in a staff meeting, um, this was when I was uh, on staff at a church. My wife and I were still living in London. Wonderful, wonderful wonderful church. Um, Really, really humble leaders. It was a healthy church, it really was. And I remember sitting in a staff meeting, I was one of the pastors there on staff, and uh, if you've ever sat in a church staff meeting, you you know exactly what this is. I'll describe it to you, but you've been there. Um, so we start talking about how can we ascertain, ascertain like the health of our church? Well, let's get a spreadsheet out. Let's, uh, let's begin to create uh, church metrics. And so literally there was a spreadsheet out and it was being projected and we were trying to map out, like, how can we tell how we're doing? And, and so we we're having a brainstorming session about like, what, what, what are the things that we should be uh, measuring? Uh, so someone said, like, well, how about number of baptisms this year? Everyone agreed, like, oh, yeah, of course, of course, absolutely. Um, how about tithes and offerings? Money, you know, that's kind of important. That's like a, a quantifiable metric, right? And everyone agreed, yeah, 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 that sounds good. That sounds good, very mature. Um, what about, and we kind of kept on like this for a minute, and you can imagine, like, what are the things? Sunday attendance, of course. Put it on the spreadsheet, mark it down. And, um, and I'm thinking like, yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. That's, that sounds right. And then I did what I've done my whole life. That is sort of drift off and not pay attention. Um, <laughs> and then without really thinking about it, I blurted out, love. We should um, see if we can't quantify love. And everyone looked at me like, Okay, no, but seriously, Simon, okay, we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to measure, like, actual quantifiable things, and I remember feeling um, a little embarrassed and, and also slightly frustrated because no one thought I was being serious, and not to say that somehow I was, like, up here and everyone else was down here. It just so happens I wasn't really paying attention, so my mind wandered, and I thought, no, that would be the thing. That would be the thing. If somehow we could measure it and get it on a spreadsheet, surely that should be the thing that we're, we're quantifying. As it turns out, um, love can be impossibly difficult to quantify. Uh, to be sure, love has like quantifiable aspects to it. You can't just say you love Jesus, but then not obey him. In fact, he says that rather explicitly. You, if you say you love me, then you have to obey me. These are not two mutually exclusive categories. It's not like one is legalism, the other one's grace. No, it doesn't work that way at all. If you love me, you'll do what I say. Um, so, something like, let's say, baptism, for example. Jesus, he, he gave the commandment. go to all the world, baptizing Um, people in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded them. So to be baptized is actually a commandment by Jesus. So if you follow Jesus, if you say you love Jesus, then the commandment is uh, to be baptized. Now, for some people, that's like ultra-controversial, and I'm not really sure why. Maybe it's attached to, to experiences and things like that, and that's fine. These are things to be processed through and conversations and everything, but my point is, Love, love can be quantified, as it were. There is like evidence of love. It's like saying, I love you, Shirley, my wife, Shirley. Um, but if I don't ever, ever kiss her or bring home flowers or give her hugs, then she would do well to question my love. Because I can't just say I love her and never kiss her or remain faithful to her or buy her things that I know bless her. Like flowers. It's so simple, it's so simple. I don't know what's wrong with me. We're about to celebrate number 15, 15 years. Thank you. Now some of you who've got like 10, 15 years on me, you're like, dude, what? come on, figure it out. It's hard, loving people is hard. Loving people is super, super hard. And I think that we we mustn't give Peter too hard of a time. We mustn't judge him too harshly, because like Peter, I think we all have the um, the propensity, the tendency, I mean, to skip over love. To think, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. Love each other, fine. I'm a loving person, so let's love each other. Hang on a second, hang on a second. Jesus would say, um, you think you've got to figure it figured out, but here's what you need to understand. The commandment to love is just as impossible as the place I'm going. These aren't separate thoughts. Jesus is saying, where I'm going you cannot come, and the way I'm loving you cannot emulate. Yet, yet, thank you Sammy, yet. The commandment was just as impossible as the destination. Where I'm going, you cannot come. How I'm loving you, you cannot emulate. Yet, Peter tries, he fails, all of the disciples try and fail, which is why this is actually this is actually the beginning of a much bigger conversation. And this is also why I'm really excited um, to see where we get up to in the next few weeks or so, because we're going to be doing a deep dive into the power of the Spirit. We're not just talking about concepts here. This isn't just a love ideology. This is where we get into the supernatural stuff. By this, the world will know you're my disciples. By this kind of love, the world will look on, be like, man, those Christians be crazy. But they're real, They they are for real because just look at the way they love each other. Goodness gracious, it's crazy. They're laying their lives down for each other, sacrificing for each other. Loving each other even when the one is betraying another. They love like God has loved us while they were still his enemies. Christ died for them. This is a kind of love that surpasses just sort of bartering for affection. Where you love me, I'll love you. As long as we're mutually benefiting from one another, perhaps we'll give it another year. This is a different kind of love. This is the kind of love that says, even when you're not loving me the way I feel like I deserve to be loved, I've got a well from which to draw. God pours his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he's given to us. That's Romans five. It's that same little passage where Paul is talking about. Some people will lay their life down, will will scarcely die for a righteous person, maybe a good person, but only God would die for his enemy. Only God. This is the kind of love that Jesus invites us to. Mm. So here's an illustration. I think this is how many of us um, might experience love. So, and it's fun, he refers to him as little children. That's no accident. You know, that word, I can't remember the Greek word, but that word little children is what he calls his disciples. It's the only place in all four of the Gospels that Jesus refers to his disciples as little children. So we come into the world as little children and we've got nothing but love. I mean, we're like puppies. It's just like we just don't know any better. We just love and we love and we love and we love. And this is our our little, our little bottle of love. It's full, it's full, it's good. Crystal geyser, Alpine spring water, it's the good stuff. And we've got enough to share. Oh my gosh, kids, they're just loving and loving and loving. The great thing about kids, we've got three of them. You know, it's hard. They're super frustrating. It's messy. It's difficult. They don't listen. They poop their pants. It's like, it's just so difficult. And occasionally you lose your patience. You get a little mad at them, but then they just keep loving. They keep loving. They just keep loving. And then life goes on. That's it. That was actually a little more than I had anticipated. <laughs> okay. 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 That was a life gone terribly wrong. All right. <laughs> Something really, really bad happened. Uh, normally, it's like it's death by a thousand cuts, right? It's like a little slit here, a little slit there. Oh, well. I tried. Okay. This kid got done wrong. And all of a sudden, he's a shell of what he was meant to be. And he's got, it just drops left. And so as we grow up, we realize that actually my affection, my love is a very limited resource. And I can share it with others, but it's a risky endeavor. Because I've only got so much to go around. And if I'm going to share it with someone else, then, then I, I'm expecting to get at least a little in return, And so I have to conserve what affection I've got to offer. And that's oftentimes where we end up, particularly as we get older. We get banged up a little bit by life. People say things, people betray us. And we realize that life is hard. We might even go on the internet and read some really awful things about the way humans treat each other. Before you know it, you have to sort of hold on to your affection. We have to make sure we don't just give it away too freely. Because what if we run out? What if we get hurt? What if we don't get something back? And yet Jesus said, this is actually uh, your mural. In John chapter seven, on the last day of the great, great feast, Jesus stood up and he said, anyone who's thirsty, Come to me and I will give you living water. It'll spring up like a river in your heart and it will never run out. And he was talking about the spirit, the liquid love of God, God himself in spirit form who's poured into our hearts. It's why John, when he's, he's been meditating, oh, it's still dripping out. He's been meditating <laughs> on these words for years and then he begins to write letters He begins to write letters, and in 1 John, let me read this to you. In John's epistle, which we call 1 John chapter four, he says, so we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. Now listen to this. There is no fear in love. But perfect love, that is God's love. Perfect love casts out fear. It drives out fear. It displaces fear. For fear has to do with punishment. Punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love, we love because he first loved us. So Jesus goes, and he makes a way. He tears the veil in half, the wall that once separated us from God and each other, Jesus tears it down through his victory, his death for us on the cross. And he welcomes us home. He welcomes us into his father's house. And we begin to learn how to be loved like little kids all over again. And God pours his love into our hearts. He puts the spirit of adoption into our hearts. And he convinces us that we are loved. I am loved no matter what the world has said, no matter how many times I've been hit, knocked down, lied to, betrayed, forgotten, left out. I am loved. Because I'm loved, because I'm loved, because I'm a child of God. I'm loved. My heart's overflowing with this river of God's love. I started out with a bottle, and now I'm swimming in an ocean of God's eternal love. And I'm no longer afraid. Yeah, it still feels risky, but I'm not afraid anymore. No matter what's going on out there, I'm not going to run out. I'm not going to be forgotten. I'm not going to get left out. I'm not going to be marginalized or told I'm stupid and I don't belong because God's love never runs out. I don't have to try to contain it and hoard it to preserve it for fear that I'm not going to get the uh, the affection I feel I deserve. God's love never, ever runs out. We don't, graduate from this simple, difficult, wonderful aspect, dare I say, core, of the gospel. Where he goes, I can't come. And the way he calls me to love, apart from him filling me with his love, it's it's only an aspiration when I choose to trust Jesus and follow him home, when I say yes, Jesus, you're right, you're right. Without you, I'm lost. I'm, I'm gonna die in my sin. I will be cut off forever. Jesus, lead on. Jesus, lead on, and Jesus leads us home, and we begin to experience the love of God that he pours into our hearts. And then I can love each other, I can can love people. I'm empowered to love. Of course, it doesn't happen like that. It's the whole journey, it's the journey. I'm learning to love the way I've been loved, but I only love because he first loved us. You know, uh, Jesus, he ends, little sneak peek. He ends the upper room discourse. by saying, these are the very last words. It's a prayer. He says, I made known to them your name, that is who you are, the essence of who you are, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Amen. Let's go to the garden. Let's do this. It's time to be glorified. Can we stand together, please? In a moment, we're gonna receive communion. We do this most Sundays. It is our tradition. It's an ancient tradition. We take the bread. We dip it in the juice. Um, It's a picture, something that we do to remember how we have been loved. It's a very humble, humbling reminder. Come back to that place where we're reminded, like, oh, I, I can't, I can't just wish this to be so. This isn't just a, a sentimental love. This is, a, um, this is something God has done. This is a work that he's achieved on my behalf. It's like it's, it's rooted, it's grounded, it's substantial, it's historic. Jesus laid down his life for me so that I can experience the life that I was created for. That I might revel as a beloved child of God. He's made it possible. And when I take the bread and I dip it in the juice and I eat it, there's something very, um, this isn't just like a thought. You can feel it. I can taste it. Jesus himself said, come, taste and see that the Lord is good. And so in a moment, in a very small, but beautiful, powerful way, we get to experience the goodness of God as we're reminded that Jesus did this for me. There is a way for me to come home and have my heart filled with God's love all over again. And his love is more than enough for the weak. It's more than enough for my pain. It's more than enough for this very long, arduous journey of healing that I'm on. Um, I would invite you to, if you want to receive communion this morning, if, if you don't, if you don't like what I'm saying, if you're like, I don't know about any of that, I don't, okay, well then there's no pressure. Most of the people in the room will line up and begin receiving communion, but you don't have to do that. Um, But the invitation's there. If you say yes, I still have questions, but yes, 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 Jesus, I receive what you've done for me. I am a sinner. I need you to save me, I need you to fill me with your love then you're welcome to come and receive communion now whenever you're ready. Um, If you are serving communion this morning, can you go ahead and um, take your place? Uh, Matt and Josie, can you serve communion on this side, please? Um, And if you'd like gluten-free, we have regular and gluten-free on this side. Um, Our worship team will lead us in song, and then we'll come back together, and I'll close us. We have something very special at the end whenever you're ready. Um, I want to lead us in something, a little moment. Um, so we've talked about God's love, or rather I sort of talked about it, and I want us to take a moment now and, and literally receive from God. Um, I don't know what it might feel like for you. You might find yourself getting very emotional. Um, it might stir up all sorts of feelings, or it may not be emotional at all doesn't really matter. Um, I want us to take a moment and just receive God's love. If you'd say, look, I I tasted the bread and the juice. That was cool, done that a thousand times. Um, But I need to leave this place being refilled with God's love. Because I got some stuff, like real stuff waiting for me this week, like real challenges. And I'm not waiting for some magic wand experience. I just, I need fuel for the week. I need that, that, I need the greater one to be great on the inside of me. So I want you to take someone, if you're comfortable doing this, I want you to take the hand of someone next to you. Okay, We're gonna lay hands on each other. That's, that's what's happening. I'm getting you to lay hands on someone. This is biblical. This is, this is biblical, okay? If you've never done this, trust me, it's biblical. And if you have a free hand, I want you to put it out like this. So on one hand, we receive love from our Father. And simultaneously, we are being like conduits of love. We are loving one another as we have been loved, as we are being loved. Okay, and if you're like I don't, I'm not holding on anyone's hand. Fine, hold out both hands. I think everyone's got a hand. Father, would you fill us afresh with your love? Would you pour your Spirit into our hearts afresh today, beyond just thoughts and feelings? Lord, we need you to fill us. Lord, would you fill uh, the little cracks and crevices that have been hidden in darkness? Lord, those, those parts of ourselves that we don't like to think about, Lord, would you fill those places with your love? Would you displace fear in our hearts? Would you empower us once again to love in a way that feels risky, in a way that's laced with joy, make ho- makes hope real? Father, would you help us to share it with others? And all God's people said, amen, amen. You guys can remain standing because we're almost done, but now I'd like to invite uh, Olivia Howie to come forward, please, and her family, if you guys could join her up front. So if you don't know Olivia, um, I don't know Olivia that well. I feel like I do because I just adore your family and it's like you don't even know. Um, but you're getting ready to, to leave for a little while. Where are you going again? Okay, so down the road. Yes. Um, and you're gonna, you got a job working as a doctor.
0: A nurse, I wish. <laughs>
1: I've been telling everyone doctor. That's cool. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, and occasionally someone will go down the road Maybe it's like to the other side of the country or the world, and we'll hear about it. I'll be like, okay, let's be family for a moment. Instead of that person that we just so love seeing kind of disappearing and then wondering, like, whatever happened to that girl? Um, we want to celebrate with Olivia and her family, bless her, and send her. Because it's just cool to be family and celebrate what God is doing in each other's lives. Is that good? Yep. Okay, can you guys come around here? And uh, if you'd like to extend a hand towards Olivia and her family just as an expression of like, yes, I'm with you, I love you, I'm blessing you, Father, would you bless our sister in the name of Jesus? Will you protect her? Will you guide her? Lord, I pray that you would surround her by people who can, who can bless her, help her, build her up, and be opportunities for her to simply be the blessing that she is, As she serves, as she gives out. As she looks to you, and for all of her needs, Lord, would you go with her in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen? We love you, Olivia. You guys, have a great Sunday. Um, If you would like prayer, like continued prayer, please make your way up to the balcony. We have a pastoral prayer team standing by every week that would love to sit with you, pray with you. Other than that, guys, have a great Sunday. See you next week.